So true. I, I, I love I love that part at the end there. He said, it doesn't matter if they live happily ever after, it just matters that they live. And that's perfect, because that ties in with what we were talking about last week and what I want to continue to kind of go on with today uh, a, a, a little bit. So talking about the promise or obedience. What, what's more important to us? What, what's more valuable to us in our lives as Christians? So we began looking last week... Uh, so we begin to ask ourselves a few different questions regarding uh, our lives in God, such as, again, what, what, um, what do we really value more, receiving the promises of God or being obedient to Him? Or, as Andrew just put it, do we care more about living in the happily ever after now or do we just care about living for God and making that matter? You know, uh, asking ourselves, why do we serve God? Like, why do we wake up every morning and make a decision to serve God. Because the, the truth is, and the reality, reality of it is, every single one of us could get up any morning and you can do whatever the heck you want that day. Like, really, you could go and do whatever you want to do that day. You could go chasing after every single desire of the flesh. You could go and blow all your money. On, on, you could do whatever you want to do each day. But we make a choice every morning when we wake up. Right? And we make multiple choices throughout each and every day. And, and, and our lives as Christians, every single one of those choices is essentially based around, do I want to be obedient to God and His Word? Or do I want to serve the flesh and just do what I want to do? And so when, when, when we're talking about our service to God, why, why do we do it? Are we doing it simply because we're chasing after the promises and the blessings and the favor and all the good things that His Word says is, is, is going to come to pass if we do it, or are we doing it out of a genuine desire and a love to be obedient to God, regardless of what we, what we receive in the day-to-day, regardless of whether we're living out or living in the happily ever after that everybody's chasing after in this world, like, uh, even if we're not living in, in that happily ever after moment, are we still being obedient to God because that's what we've chosen to do, or are we just just going through the motions because we just want to receive the promises that his word talks about? Is it because we know in the end we'll get something out of it? Or is it because we are so deeply in love with him and in complete awe and reverence of the fact that Jesus died to give life to our spirit? And we touched on that last week. He died to give life to our spirit, not give life to our flesh. Not to please our flesh, but to bring life to our spirit, which is going to live with him in heaven forever. And so we started looking at this uh, through, the, through, um, through Hebrews chapter 11, which again teaches, teaches us about the heroes of faith and, and how their lives and their service to God became much more about simply being obedient to him rather than receiving what he had promised. So I'm just going to read uh, Hebrews 11 uh, verse 13 to 16. So this is sort of the, the, uh, the uh, it's, it's the middle part of the chapter, but it goes through a list of a bunch of the heroes of faith, and then this is what it says about them. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, and truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, 
they would have had opportunity to return, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So speaking of the, these heroes of faith, and God uh, promised them certain things here on this earth. And this scripture says that, that each of them died, not having yet received the fullness of those things that were promised. But, and also it's saying that at any moment, right, these people could have gone back to their old life. They could have made the choice. They could have woken up in the morning and said, blow this, I'm just going to go back and do whatever the heck I want to do because I'm here and I'm doing this and I'm trying to be obedient and I'm trying to do the right things, but I'm not living in that happily ever after moment. So I'm just going to give up on that. I'm going to go back to doing whatever I want to do and whatever happens after that doesn't matter. Right? But these heroes of faith, and this is what sets these men and women apart as heroes of faith, is that regardless of the circumstances that they were living in in the natural, regardless of the happily ever after moment that they might have been desiring or chasing after, even though they weren't living in that, they made the choice every single day to remain obedient to the call of God on their life. And they didn't look back. And, and, the, and the, it says that because of that, God was not ashamed to be their God, and he has prepared a city for them. And so these, these again, these, are, I believe, are important questions that we need to ask ourselves. As we all know how easy it is to get caught up in the wrong mindset of why we do something, and, and we can start doing the right things for the wrong reasons, right? And, and, and you might ask yourself, is it really that bad as long as I'm doing the right thing? And to that, I would say that when it comes to our relationship with God, yes, it is. Right? We, we, can, we can do the right things, but are we doing it for the right reason? I, I can get up in the morning and I, I can pray and I, I can read the word, but am I doing it for the right, right reason? Am I doing it because I think, all right, if I tick that box, then the promises will come my way? Or, or am I doing it? Hey? Just one, just a few moments. Um, or, or, or am I doing it out of this genuineness that I have to be obedient to God? Andrew, have we got that microphone that you just had by any chance? The boys have got it. Peter's got it. Come, come up, bud. Let's 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 hear it. So this is good. This is this is the body encouraging each other. I, I believe what God is saying right now, that I am here in the spirit. Mm. And I want you to open your hearts and your eyes. I want to give you words that you've never spoken before. Mm. I want you to receive them in your heart and receive and give it out. I want to give you a song in your heart that I want you to sing out mm. and give it out in love. I love you. I just want to give you gifts mm. from my heart to yours. Mm. Receive these gifts. Awesome. Thanks, awesome. Thanks, Rach. Appreciate that. See, that's, that's what God desires of us, is that there's this genuineness in our hearts to just be used by him in whatever that looks like in any moment, at, at, at any given time, any given day. The Holy Spirit in us wants to release giftings through our lives to equip the church and to reach the world with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
right? And, and again, we can, we can just get caught up in, in doing the right things for the wrong reasons. But, but if our hearts and our minds become fixed on, on Jesus, number one, but, but, but fixed on this idea that regardless of whatever's going on in the natural, I'm going to continue to be obedient, even if I'm not yet receiving, and it doesn't look like... <coughs> It doesn't look like I'm going to receive the things that, that God may have spoken to me or the things that, that, I, that I know he's, he's promised to me, but making that decision in our heart, I'm going to be obedient to you, God, whatever that looks like. Right? So before we continue on with Hebrews 11, because there's more in there uh, that I want to look at today, let's just read together 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through to 4. And it says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So we see in this verse that God has given us, right, His divine power, right, so that we can live a godly life, so that we can make that choice to remain obedient to Him. And he's done that by his own glory, his own goodness. And, and it talks about the, the great and precious promises that God has made. So that through these promises, we can participate in the divine nature. That is, live in the spirit, right? Because God is spirit. And when we go to heaven at the end of our time here, it's the spirit that will be living in then, right? He, we, we can participate in that through these great and precious promises that God has made over our lives. Right? And we've escaped the corruption of, of, of the world caused by the desires of the flesh. We're, we're free from that because of the divine power of God that is at work in our lives that enables us to live a life that glorifies Him. And, and this scripture is, is more confirmation again of the great promises God has made over His people that He gives to us. And again, as we touched on last week, uh, we cannot, um, in the same way, we cannot live our lives, our lives in service to God cannot be lived simply chasing after the promise. We can't serve just because we like the sound of the promise. We need to serve Him simply out of genuine obedience. Because what if there came a moment where God asked us to give up the promise in an act of obedience? Right? Imagine you, you, you spend 15, 20 years chasing after this promise of God that he's made over your life. And, and, and maybe, let's just, I'll give an example. Maybe God has told you that he's promised you that, that he's going to make you wealthy, right? He, you're you're going to have a million dollars in your bank account at some point, and you've worked for, for 20 years to get to that point, right? And you've worked your butt off, and you've done everything that you needed to do, and there are times where you could have cheated, and you could have done something wrong, and maybe got there quicker, but you remain uh, obedient, and you did it the right way because you wanted to honor God, and now you're at that point, and you've got the million dollars in your bank account, and you're looking at it going, thank you, God, that I've now received this promise that you gave to me 20 years ago, and the next thing he says to you in that moment is, I want you to give it all away. What do we do in that moment? You worked hard to make that million dollars. It didn't just appear overnight. You, you worked for that. And God said, I want you to give it away. Every, every, every penny, every cent. 
don't know why I said penny, we're not in America. Every cent of it, I want you to, to give it away. What do we do in that moment? In that moment, do we care more about the promise that we've received? Or do we care more about being obedient to him? And that's, that's, just, that's just one example. Because there's two different mindsets that would answer that question in, in very different ways. The one who is simply chasing after the promise in that moment would choose disobedience. Because they had already received the thing that they wanted and were working towards. Not realizing that the greatest gift we could ever receive comes from true and genuine obedience to God. And the other person who is more interested in being obedient to God than receiving the promise would make the choice, as difficult as it would be, to give up the promise that they had received so that they could remain obedient to God. I want to show you an example of this in in Scripture. A lot of you will will, will know this already, but uh, let's look at, at one of the heroes of faith and how they responded in this exact circumstance. So I'm going to go back. We're going to read in Genesis 15, uh, verse 1 to 6, uh, about Abram or, or, or Abraham. And it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and, and your exceedingly great reward. But Ab- Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Elazir of Damascus? And Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Right? Then we move in Genesis 2, chapter 21, verse 1 through to 3. And says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he, had, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. So we can see clearly here in these two scriptures that Isaac is the fulfillment of the promise that God made to Abraham about his descendants being as numerous as the stars in the sky or as numerous as the, as the grains on the sand. And here we have the, 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 the first one, the firstborn, right, of the promise of, of the multitudes that God has given to Abraham. At, at this point in time, he's living in the promise that God made for him. And, and Isaac was the first son of the promise. Right, and we know that he had a child with his um, maid. You know, we know that. But but Isaac was the firstborn of the promise, right? God's intended way, and so he's living in in the promise in this moment. He's he's begin beginning to receive the fulfillment of the promise that God made over him. Right now, Genesis twenty-two verses one to two. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then God said to him, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moira and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell you. Right? And there's, there's more to that story. It's longer than, than just that, but we're not going to read it today for, for sake of time. But 
Let's go now and look at what Hebrews chapter 11 says about Abraham's response to what God asked him to do. Hebrews 11 verse 17 and 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So this is Abraham's response to that question, to the million dollar question that I posed to you before. Abraham's response was obedience. He'd received a part of this promise and from this seed was to, was to come the, 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 the descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. And God says, I want you to take him and I want you to offer him up as a burnt offering. Abraham, in this moment, he, he, was, he had the living, breathing fulfillment of God's promise to him. A son who he loved and is asked by God to offer him up as a sacrifice. And we know, those of us who've read the story, we understand that uh, we're not just talking about God, uh, about Abraham verbally committing Isaac to God. This is a physical sacrifice that God was asking him to to go and and burn his son, to kill his son. And we know that God steps in in the last moment and provides another offering. But, But Abraham was there in that moment, ready to be obedient. Right, and, and you know, we, we can't gain the full picture from what we read in the scripture, but, but I imagine it being the very last moment thing that God provides this other offering because he was testing Abraham's uh, obedience. And here he is with, with the living, breathing fulfillment of, of a promise of God. And in this moment, we see this hero of faith take all the steps to do it and remain obedient to God. And God steps in at the last moment. But this hero of faith, when faced with these questions we've been talking about, made the decision that for him remaining obedient to God, even at the seeming cost of the promise, was much more important and more valuable than holding on to the promise. Because Abraham believed that if he had to go through with that, that God was going to make another way. Because he'd already received a promise. And Abraham, he knew that God was capable of doing whatever he wanted to do. And he was willing to remain obedient in that moment. And give up the promise to be obedient to God. Because he had the understanding that our life with with God is not about what we have and what we experience in the flesh. In this world that God has given to us, it's about the spiritual life that we will live for eternity in heaven. That's what we're working towards. That's what we live for. And let let me just state clearly that I believe wholeheartedly that our God is the fulfiller of all that he has promised. And to those who remain faithful and obedient to him, he has granted everything that he has said he would. I I believe that with every fiber of my being. I I, I, I do. But the the challenge for us is to keep our eyes on on obedience and not on the promises. And that we desire obedience rather than desiring the promise. 
And the, the, the truth is, there are men and women all over this world, throughout all the generations that the men have been on this earth, who, like those named in, in Hebrews chapter 11, would be worthy of this same title, hero, hero of faith. And I'm not trying to say that it's about a title and we're not chasing, we don't chasing the title hero of faith or anything, but men and women all throughout the generations that the humans have been on this earth would be worthy of this title. And, and at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, the writer goes on to say, and, and he could just keep writing about all these other people. Like there's just so many that, that he could name, but they're just giving you, showing these ones as an example of, of, of what it takes to be obedient to God and, 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 and what it looks like to be obedient to God. And so men and women all over the world, right, would be worthy of being called hero of faith. And there are those of you in this room this morning and those of you listening on the stream who at the end of your time on this earth will be worthy of this same title. And, you know, the Bible's not going to be rewritten and your name's not going to be added to it or anything like that, right? But when you get to heaven and you have that, or when you come before the judgment seat, right, and you have that, that moment where your life on earth is, is judged because of obedience, because you were willing to maybe give up the promise or because your focus is more on obedience rather than chasing after the promises. God will look at you and say the words that it says in Scripture, well done, my good and faithful servant. And for me, in my head, anyone who hears those words on the day of judgment, is a hero of the faith. Because it's not easy, right? We, we, we know that it's not easy. We know how easy we can get caught up and we can get tripped up. How easy it is to become focused on, on chasing after one thing uh, and chasing after the promise and just living for the promise and not really living for God because we, we, we want that happily ever after, but we're not in it. So that's what we're living for and, and looking for. Right? If only we make the choice, just as these heroes of faith did, to live our lives by faith in the things that we cannot see in the natural, seeking only to remain obedient to the King of all things. And having done such, we will dwell forever in the most glorious kingdom beyond anything that we could ever imagine. Because it's not about life in the flesh. It's about life in the Spirit. It's about eternity with God that comes from obedience rather than chasing the promises that he's made. Let's pray. Lord God, Father, we're just so grateful and so thankful to you for this life that you've given us. Thank you, Father, that we have your Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us, guiding us, teaching us, helping us to understand your word as we read it, you know, leading us, guiding us. And thank you, Lord God, for all the promises that you've made for humanity and the individual promises that you've made to each and every one of us, Lord God. But help each of us every day, Lord God, to have a heart that remains obedient to you. Help us not lose sight 
of what we're called to do here on earth. Help us not to lose sight of what purpose you've called each and every one of us to, Lord God. Help us not to lose sight of our role and our purpose here on this earth, that, that, that we don't get caught up in the mindset that being a Christian is just about church on a Sunday, Lord God, that, that, that it's about us as the body getting around each other, encouraging each other, uplifting each other, supporting each other, making you made known in this community that, that you've called us to, Lord God, and all the communities that you've called us to as a church, Lord. Lord, our, our, our desire is to be obedient to you, and I pray that you would help us Lord, when we do start to get off track in our mind, Holy Spirit, that you would make us aware, Lord God, for any of us right now, for myself right now, Lord God, if there's any area in my life where I'm focusing more on the promise and I've lost sight of genuine obedience and make it made known to me, Lord God, and make it made known to each and every one of us, Father, so that we can correct that mindset and just remain obedient to you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for what you're doing in our community. We thank you for the new things that you want to open up. We thank you for the new ways that you're, you're uh, allowing us to connect with our community and the people that we're meeting and the, the, the families and the lives that we're able to impact through what you've called us to do. And we just pray, Lord, that there would be more of that for each and every one of us, Lord God. And that we would, again, get around each other and share these stories and, and, and uplift each other with what you're doing in and through our lives, Father God. And we just thank you for this morning. We thank you that you've spoken. And just pray, Holy Spirit, continue your work in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.